I'm JR. And I'm Stacy. And we are recording for Sparrows Under Review. And we are bringing an episode from the Sister Brother Show, whatever you want to call it, West Virginia Commonplace. We did two reviews. And the first one we're going to talk about is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was a movie that we watched during the pandemic. And we had an interesting take on it. And it was one of the bigger shows on West Virginia Commonplace. Right. And you had you had a major major experience with the video game and i dabbled in one or two rounds with you but other than that i didn't delve too much into the game right and the movie was actually incredibly good um from what i remember mixed reviews depending on who you are and um this is coinciding with the upcoming release of mortal kombat 1 they're going back and they're redoing mortal kombat as a video game so we decided let's give you a nice little treat Hope you enjoy. These uh, bonus episodes, we don't do these very often, but uh, there's been a slew of movies or an influx of movies coming out. First started off with uh, Godzilla, and now we're over to um, something that seemed like it could be a fan favorite of a lot of people, Mortal Kombat. It's that, that gory video game that came out when we were kids and it the the iconic finish in and um scorpion Liu kang and all these other characters and uh today i have with me our co-host stacy hello and um, we're going to give y'all guys a little review on this and if stacy doesn't mind can you give him that famous disclaimer um so you might have some spoilers in here we're going to try not to talk a whole lot about details in the movie but we will give you our opinion. If you don't want to hear, go watch the movie, then come back and listen to us, and we'll go from there. Okay, so first off, just a little bit of history. Mortal Kombat is a video game made by Midway. Um, All those formalities and stuff really don't matter, but here's the key thing. When Mortal Kombat was at its prime or at its highest peak, it, it spawned two movies. The original Mortal Kombat in 1995, and then 1997 or 98's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, the first Mortal Kombat and the second one are considered cult favorite movies. Not everybody likes them because a lot of video game adaptation movies, with the exception of, I can't name a movie that was really good beyond Sonic, maybe. <laughs> um, that's just the whole spill there for that. Uh, in Stacy's case, Stacy is a person that has been versed in Mortal Kombat because she's played it or seen it often in her life, but it's not necessarily one of those deals where she is a Mortal Kombat fan. Right. It's not something I follow, but I know about it. Okay. So to start this off, um, I will give my take on this real quick. Um, this Mortal Kombat movie is a way of introducing the franchise to new people and to give it a different spin. Um, the takeaways from it are there were quite a few authentic things because as we were watching this, I was naming off just certain little things before they even happened. Right. And I, the character development was the only thing that I, I, I want to ask you about. Like the character development to me was very, very non-existent. It didn't. Yeah. Like, especially if you know the characters, if you're, you're familiar with it. Um, me not really knowing a whole lot about any of it. I I thought it, I mean, it was sufficient enough to keep me interested in the movie. But for somebody that is, you know, hey, I'm a Mortal Kombat fan and this is the movie I want to watch, you know, it's not going to do that for you. Yeah, not at all. Like, um, and like I said, we never spoil anything in these reviews. 
but um, just a few things. This the backstory on Scorpion and Sub Zero. Um, with these two, it ties in a new character, which we won't go into any detail about that. But the story of Scorpion and Sub Zero in this take uh, is not accurate towards the Mortal Kombat story. And that's the only thing that I guess, you know, whenever you're doing a new adaptation of a film, you have to start new. Right. You're going to kind of go different. So it kind of goes back to, like I said, if you are not familiar with the, with Mortal Kombat and you don't know anything about it, it was a, it was a decent movie, but at the same time in the beginning, like, I wish it would have showed a little bit more of give me a little bit of this character, give me a little bit of this character and then show me how they meet and why is what's going on is happening. Like why, why are they doing this? But it was more like, I don't know, a good bit into the movie before they explained, Oh, Hey, this is what's going on. And, you know, it kind of, I don't know. Once it got to that point to where they explained everything of why, hey, this is what's happening or what I think is happening, then it was easier for me to follow along with. Okay. Now, my take on this being the experienced Mortal Kombat, I'm not really a Street Fighter guy, but (laughs) this whole Mortal Kombat deal, the story of Sub-Zero and Scorpion was not addressed deep enough. Like, the very beginning of this movie, you're thrown into feudal Japan in China, wherever it is. It's either China or Japan. Because they were speaking both languages. They're speaking both languages. Yes. Yes. Sorry about that. And it was like they gave you, as a new watcher, no backstory on why this was taking place. Right, right. And it could, you know, if they're doing it to maybe lead up to a prequel. Now, um, my take on this was this real, real simple thing. All right, the Sub-Zero Scorpion story didn't have anything in the middle. It didn't have anything until the very end. It gave you like five minutes of a backdrop and told you all this extra history. Got you involved there. Um, But on to other character development. Um, There was one character in particular, uh, this new one. We won't name his name. Uh, He's introduced to Jax. And, and Jack's like, it's just a, a cage fighting scene that goes on. And you have two characters that are already embroiled uh, as a team automatically. They go on and um, Sub-Zero in this movie is very menacing. He's like the, the toughest character supposedly in the whole thing. Right. And something happens with Jax. And you think that's the end of Jax. Basically. Right. Right. The way that it's, it's portrayed and everything that's happening, you would think, oh, no, that's it. And there was one extra thing about it. After whatever happened to Jax, Jax hits something and it looks like it snaps his neck. Right, right. You know, so we think Jax is done. But uh, going further, if you know the Mortal Kombat history, which I told you before it even happened. Right. uh, It follows a a storyline. So Jax is up the picture and he tells uh, the characters to go see Sonya Blade. They find Sonya Blade. Sonya Blade's there. There's a guy named Kano. And then Reptile comes. It's a, it's not a Scorpion's uh, Sub-Zero reptile style. It's like an animal reptile. Right. He's, you know, he's, uh, he can hide, uh, he can cloak. Yes. He can make himself disappear, yes. basically. And um, the, the character, the new character, Sandy Blade and Kano, obviously take him out. And um, 
you know, not to spoil the movie or anything. So then that's a trio there that you get out of this. Right. Um, and it, in between this, you learn a little bit about the lightning god named Raiden. Raiden in this movie plays a very small part. It's yeah. almost to the degree like in the previous movies, he had a bigger story. And in the whole catalog of the games, Raiden is the man. Like he's the, the guy and they explain who he is. He's the only character that gets actual story development you know, he's the guy that's in between the realms. Right. And I kind of agree with you a lot. Like, I wish it would, you know, it needed a little bit more background on each character. I mean, and you can do that easily or, well, maybe not easily, but you can do that and give the audience a little bit more of what they need. Because there was quite a bit in there that seemed like it was just filler and it was just like stale air. And it's like, hey, maybe you should have put a, something a little bit different in here. You're trying to make this movie I know maybe cost came to an effect with it or something. I don't know. But, you know, give, give us something to work with. And mainly, like, one thing that I'll pull out, and this is a spoiler, like the actual story of Jax and mm-hmm. Sonya Blade. You see photos, and you're wondering all this, and Sonya Blade interacts and says a few things about the special forces. Right. Anybody knows anything about it, they know that backstory. And if you don't, you don't know that story. Right. So you're wondering how the, those two have any not you never understand why any of them are after Mortal Kombat after this tournament to a degree because here's the thing why did right Sonia and Jack her story yes definitely because all it did was basically said hey I'm she's looking for someone she found someone else and why was she looking like why did how does she know about it how did she figure it out like like we're kind of going into it thinking she's a like complete genius which you know she might be but you know maybe give me her story you gave me the one guy's story yeah the new character yeah what who was he i don't even remember the new character (laughs) um i thought that he was going to turn i thought the new character was going to become scorpion and obviously he doesn't right and that's one spoiler i will give you so they added someone you know and they always do that type of stuff for shock value and you got to have a way to sell toys and Right. The, the next, they might make a video game off this, maybe. Maybe. Um, and then it seemed like when you got to the bad guys, uh, the main uh, antagonist is Shang Tsung. That's the the guy that was running the show on the other side. Okay. You have no idea why he's even there. Right. Right. So I think they should have kind of split it up. Maybe they just did this because they didn't think it was going to do very well. So it's just kind of what they went with. But I feel like if they would have maybe made a couple different movies and explained each character, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of going towards the Marvels where each character has their own movie, but then they bring them all together. Yeah, so I, I feel like they should have done that with this. Yeah, I could see sort of that, or maybe a good guy, bad guy movie, but like the, the emphasis on the bad guys, like you had uh, Goro, which is a character from the first Mortal Kombat. Um, Goro is a very strong character. He's he's actually the second to last boss on that game. Right. And the way he was handled and dismantled, right. he was not menacing. No, no. And he it was like halfway through the movie, and it's like, oh, is it almost over? But it wasn't. Right. So that man with all these multiple arms, I'm expecting him to do damage. I'm expecting him to do his, his right. finishing move. And no, he gets taken care of very right. easily. Right. Then... Uh, a strong character, which is Liu Kang. Liu Kang is given his normal role. He is the main character. He was a guy with the fireball. Um, okay. He's kind of treated like a Shaolin monk and training these guys to do this and that. And if you've seen the original to this one, 
it's a major difference because Liu Kang was not the man in the first <laughs> in the first one. In this one, he is already the man from the get go. Right, right. And him and his cousin Liu Kang, I mean Kung Lao, Kung Lao has a song. <laughs> and I'm just gonna say this, Kung Lao has the most gangster fatality in that whole movie. Yep. And whatever creature he dealt with, he handled that creature yes. and it wasn't go ahead. No, I just I was agreeing with you. Yeah, like he handled that character so well, and then no later, no no more than maybe fifteen seconds later, he meets his demise. And the way that he he's handled Kung Lao is a strong character because of who he's a descendant from, like the first dude that won Mortal Kombat, and they talk about all that extra stuff. So Kung Lao's given the most character development, in my opinion. To a degree, because you you see him, he does a lot of different things. You see all of his signature moves, and Liu Kang, you see his signature moves too. Right at the end, right. Um, and each fight that takes place in here, because you have other characters like Cabal, um, that are on the the bad guy side. Excuse me, the bad guys just are rushed. There was a guy with a hammer I didn't even know his name. Right, and the way he died, I mean. It's just kind of wild. Um, and, and basically, not to spoil this at the end, but this movie sets itself up for a sequel. It really looks like it was a cash cow. Right. Um, to see how it would do. I think they need to make a prequel to the movie, too. Right. To give us the two stories. Right. Yeah, a prequel to give you the background. And then my thing is, is that what messed me up here is, and this is being a purist and an enthusiast of Mortal Kombat, you mix characters from Mortal Kombat 1 through 4. When Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 would have given you enough characters yeah. to work this out. Goro, in the Mortal Kombat games, don't survive the first Mortal Kombat. He dies. <laughs> so there's another one in part two, his name is Kentoro or something like that. Somebody correct me later on in, in one of the voice messages. But there's another guy that looks like him that looks like a Bengal tiger with the same kind of arms that's in that game. And then the character Cabal, the one that ran around real fast, that was a bad guy yeah. that was after that was dealing with Kano. He's from Mortal Kombat 3. So he didn't have nothing to do with the first second and the characters he's intermingling with. That's the only thing video game purists will not like this movie. Kind of like The Walking Dead, you know, if you're a true Walking Dead fan of the comic book, you don't necessarily are not going to like the TV show because they do de derive from the, or not derive, they they go, they go off of, away from the storyline. Right, they have their own adaptation right. and go for right. it. Right, and, yeah. I, and I understand they got to do that some, and that that's all right, but you want to stay as true to the original story as you can. So let me hit you with a hard-hitting question real quick, Stacey. Okay. You know, these are movies that we watch on HBO Max. Right. Um, we're not going to the theater to see them. If you had to stack this up against everything you've seen this year, basically this this movie, HBO is we're doing something deadly right now. They're running into making themselves their own competitor. Because how are you going to match this up against Godzilla? Yeah. Um, see, neither one of them were truly my favorites, and I don't didn't understand the backstory of of either one of them. Um, going in kind of fresh, it's like, oh, okay, these these are okay, but it's not like, oh yeah, I want to sit there and watch it over again. 
Right, and, and that replay value is the one thing that I see here. I mean, I, I'm thankful, you know, HBO Max is putting these movies out and I don't right. have to go to a theater. Oh, and no, we're not sponsored by HBO, but, you know, if somebody out there wants to hit us up. Yeah, definitely hit us up <laughs> on that HBO because HBO Max is making life a whole lot easier. Right. Um, my only take is, is like, this movie will not hold up against the test of time. Right. The other two are cult classics, and at some point we'll watch them if we can stomach them um, again. Or, or first time for you if, if she decides right. to watch it with me we'll, we'll do a review on both of those but I guarantee you guys when she comes back with a review on at least we'll at least watch the first one okay. I, I can get her to get into that with me after the first one she'll kind of be like uh, what happened in this one yeah okay yeah because you'll you'll see a, a lot of different things so once again I want to thank my lovely co-host Stacy for joining me for this movie review and one quick thing I want to say here. Um, everything we say on here is just an opinion. Um, right. We sit back. Our opinion, only our opinion. Yeah, we sit back. Um, we wait for these movies to come out. We watch them the day after they come out because that way we can see what's going to stream down from the other podcasters and the other reviewers. And this movie, I have to agree with a lot of reviewers and podcasters, this movie was not very good. Uh, from a point of bringing in new people, just like they did when they made the new Jurassic Park movies, it's a very good way to get people involved. Right, right. I think new people, it is it, it is a good idea to draw them in to maybe research it. But for the, not older people, but for the people that have known this for a long time, then I agree with you. Right. So guys, just remember, if you're a hardcore enthusiast, steer clear of this. But if you're someone new and you're looking for something with a little uh, gore in it, man, this thing's right up your alleyway. Right. And then don't don't go tell everybody it's an awful movie just because you didn't like it. You know, whenever you tell them, say, hey, I didn't personally like it. But, you know, if you don't know a whole lot about it, you might like it. Right. And also one thing that I want to put in here that is not a spoiler. We know that this movie sets up for a sequel. Pay attention to everything in the movie because the movie gives certain clues that tell of a future yeah and um outside of that i want to thank you guys for listening and i already thanked you once for coming on again with me and i hope you guys enjoy this review